You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrashenkill You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell Radio Show I'm joined today by the good and golden boy The internet's sweetheart You know him, you love him He's 365 days of horror, or as we like to call him Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I am good, and I am sounding better than you are right now. I don't know what you're talking about. This is actually how I've always wanted my voice to sound. <laughs> you have the, the sexy overnight jazz radio show voice going on? Literally, all I've wanted all my life is to hope that one day I wake up and suddenly like more testosterone kicks in, so my voice drops a few octaves. <laughs> you're listening to the Toilet of Hell radio show. No, I'm just sick. That's all. Um, anyway, there's it's we got to we got to talk about this. There's no more ghosts or ghouls or goblins. We're getting that shit out of here. Okay. That's, I mean, there's pl- there's that's, plenty of ghouls, but not the fun kind. Right. Uh, it's time to to put away childish things. We're no longer trick or treating. Uh, we're no longer uh, drinking trash can punch at a costume party. Uh, we are instead focused on the very sober business of November. Uh, we we finally made it. Now we can be thankful and eat yam pie or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, you love Thanksgiving, don't you? Sure. All you do is eat food and watch football. There's no prayer. There's you know school is closed, <laughs> work is closed. There are no obligations. If you don't want to, you don't have to go and see family. You could just stay home. So one that's of the, true. One of the yeah. best holidays. Yeah, I uh. Yeah, I feel like I unlocked something last year uh, by going and, and like watching a football game with my dad rather than like having to see my extended family is like, oh, <laughs> I could have been doing this years ago and just avoiding chick chat with like an incredibly racist uncle. It was great. <laughs> you, you just don't you don't have to go if you don't want to make up a lie. Don't answer your phone or your emails or text. Just stay home. Always an option. Hit the bricks if it sucks. Um, we. I had I had a lot of fun over the last month uh, having guests on and, and watching movies and all, but um, we missed out on a lot of things, unfortunately, with all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, we I know we that... asked we asked very nicely for people not to do anything for four weeks, and yet they couldn't help themselves. They could not, and like here's the thing: uh, our guys, in particular. They never sleep. They're always grinding. They're always doing incredibly stupid shit. And so, like, I'm I'm over here trying to, um, you know, talk with a a guest, you know, that's you know, supposedly probably pretty smart, has a bigger audience than us, and like pretend that I I know how to like read. And then in the meantime, I'm just like, oh, I gotta talk about Tommy Vex. <laughs> Aaron Lewis so. did what? Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Radke is a huge piece of shit. <laughs> like the YouTube reaction face. Ronnie Radke sucked me off. <laughs> um, all of those guys did dumb shit, but that's not all. Like there, there, there are so many big things that happen, and we're gonna talk about some of them on this episode. We're not gonna be able to get to all of it in an hour, hour and fifteen, hour and thirty, uh, but we're gonna do our best. And you know. Jordan, I, I want you to lead us off here. What do you think is the issue of the day we need to start the show with? 
Do we want to start with real important things or do we want to ease into it with funny things? We need to ease into this shit. I'm a little rusty, dude. I don't think I can talk about anything serious just yet. Uh, let's start with something that's very near and dear to us and very funny. And as you mentioned, Tommy Vexed, he has a new album coming out, but you're not going to be able to hear it. You won't be able to hear it on Spotify, on Bandcamp, on YouTube, or any sort of place that you would normally listen to new music. In order to listen to this new album, you will have to download, and I assume purchase, because there has to be a grift involved with this. The Vexed app. The Vexed app. Um, <clears throat> have you? Um, I assume you've you've gone ahead and downloaded the Vexed app, right? You've you've allowed all the permissions on your phone, right? Access your contacts, access your photos, passwords, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I am standing in line. I am telling people they can't give us the app if you leave the line. So everyone stay in line right now. Uh, it's not available until November 24th, which is black Friday. So uh, okay, you, you will have to line up outside a best buy at one in the morning with your blankets and heaters and a tent. Um, yeah. So it's not available yet, but you will need to get to the streaming social media platform of Tommy vexed called it vexed app and vexed, uh, app. vexed app. So I, I guess it's like Jeremy Renner app. It's just for one yeah, person what, for one thing. What whatever happened to Jeremy Renner app, by the way? Because I, I I remember a couple of years ago that was a big story that he had his own app for reasons that I I don't think any of us could quite determine. It's probably um, quietly been sunset and taken over by like a Chinese hacker farm. <laughs> that's like yeah taking all of your information for anyone silly enough to try to still use the jeremy renner app i i just i wanted to sign up for the latest updates with jeremy renner and instead now my phone is overheating because it's being used to farm bitcoin or whatever the fuck <laughs> we need to know what jeremy renner is up to and how hot his forearms and biceps look right now so um I guess that it's not um, a new thing having a celebrity focused app uh, with which you can try to monetize your uh, your biggest fans. Uh, but I would say this is probably a new method in music distribution. Um, again, we don't know exactly what the pricing for this looks like if the fo- if the app itself uh, is uh, there's a fee to download it or once you, get the app their in-app purchases like you get the new album that way uh i assume knowing tommy vex it's both uh i would assume like both. A shit, and you'd yeah, probably get a shit ton of adware <laughs> yeah you're gonna get advertisements for supplements and freedom sunglasses or whatever other grifting thing you could do because remember he did raise a fair amount of money off of like gofundme to put out i assume it's this album it was like the last time we checked, eighty thousand dollars he managed to scam out of people. Yeah, and I think the last time we checked, he said this was going to be for like the fourth record that still hasn't come out. So I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know that he's going to have a record until it actually comes out. Uh, but I don't know that I want to download the app to find out. Um, it is a hell of a risk here. I would say uh, trusting that your fans. Uh, can get their grandchildren to show them how to open up uh, a new app and like download a new purchase and listen to that and all of that. But, uh, you know, it's also 
uh, if it pays out, it pays out pretty well. Uh, you monetize directly to your biggest fans and uh, you don't let woke companies uh, take a cut of your of your uh, of your costs, except for, I guess, the app store, which is a woke company that takes you know, a cut of your purchases. I think it's uh, a good you know. thing to see the disconnect between how popular someone is like on YouTube where like you could see a YouTube video may have millions of views, but then yeah. to have to resort to something like this where you don't, you're, you're cutting out any sort of wider audience. Like the, yes. the album's eventually going to come out. It'll end up on YouTube. It'll end up in all these other places, but I'm sure for right now, it's just going to be on this one place where you probably have to pay to download it. You may have to pay to listen to it, or there's a limit until you pay or whatever else is going to go on with this sort of thing. But just because someone does a soulful cover of a popular country song that gets mm -hmm. shared around and gets viewed all over the world, it doesn't really lead to money. It maybe maybe some advertising money through YouTube. But even then, it, we know that's getting harder and harder to make any sort of living off of. You know, Maybe it's supplemental at best, but a career it does not maintain. Yeah, Um but I mean, things are things are tough all over. And as much as I love to clown on Tommy Vex, uh, because he is a huge piece of shit, he's a moron, idiot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he might actually have the right idea on this one, <laughs> um, because it seems like things are getting harder all over. If you have managed to, and as we've discussed for hours and hours about this particular individual cultivate an audience of right-wing psychos that you know doggedly follow you around and purchase whatever supplements you recommend um you've done the hard work you can go ahead and milk those guys for everything they're worth uh because you know as as you've said like you have gone ahead and removed yourself from a larger audience so with that out of the way uh, all that's left to do is you know keep keep squeezing these guys um, it's it's I, like I with, go ahead it just seems like there are worse ways to go in this in this economy there are worse ways to go it makes um, me think of like video games and loot boxes how video oh, game yeah. companies don't necessarily rely on everyone who plays the game to do it they just need what they call whales people who will spend a thousand dollars in fifa 2023 just clicking on buttons, spending real money to hopefully get like Ronaldo on their team. So uh, in this case, like he doesn't need a hundred thousand people to download this app. He needs 5,000 people maybe, or a thousand enough to spend, uh, you know, maybe it's four ninety nine to get it or whatever money be making off of this. And that's good enough to live off of or get you to the next grift. So in a way, I can see the idea of doing this, like just because you've already insulated yourself from a larger yeah. audience over the past few years, but you do have people who are true believers, whether and it's in you yourself and the music you make or in the messages that you convey. So there are people who probably will buy this. I think what his biggest hurdle will be with this is like, the age of his audience or the technical capabilities of some of his audience. For sure. Um, it's a big it, ask. It's a big ask. And just generally like we are sports guys. We like our sports teams. I'm never going to download my team's apps. Like I can just no. go on NHL.com and look at a score if I want to. I'm not going to give away all my privacy just so I can like 
download wallpapers <laughs> of athletes yeah. celebrating scoring a goal or getting a crawling constant feed on my phone of like who was signed to an extension. So, you know, there's that hurdle as well as people are like, I don't really need this. And do you really need to listen to a song right now? Like I said, you could probably wait a couple of months if that, if you really want to listen to, if anything, it'll leak elsewhere. So, meh. oh yeah. But um, um, I got, but like to, to your point uh, of like the whale, the demographic, what you're really looking for, what really like drives your revenue. Tommy Vex probably needs to put like a gotcha game on his app, right? Like uh, you keep spending credits and like spinning a slot machine. So hopefully you get, I don't know, uh, a chance to uh, shave Tommy's head in person or something like that. We need a flappy bird, but for Vexstep. <laughs> I think that I think that would be huge. That would be the thing that really brings him over the top. Or it's like a, a first person Mike Tyson's punch out, and he's just hitting former members as you tap your phone. That hitting former members, hitting women, <laughs> uh, threatening uh, everybody that's ever worked with you. Yeah, over. I, I think that'd be a fun game to add on here. Um, but yeah, he he should probably lean into the loot box thing here if he really wants to, to make a nickel and a dime in this business. Um, all of this is to say, like, uh, the music economy, which has been in the shitter for like fucking 25 years or so, uh, is getting even worse, uh, than we ever imagined, uh, right now, even. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but starting next year. Uh, Spotify is just going to stop paying, um, like I think 98% of the artists entirely, maybe might be closer to 99.5. Uh, so if an artist does not hit a certain level of streaming numbers, uh, Spotify is just gonna be like, yeah, we're not even going to pretend to write you a 10 cent check. Um, what do you, what do you make of that? Uh, well, it's a business and they're making a business decision and the people who do make money off it aren't going to take their music off it. Like you're not probably not going to see Metallica being like, no, we want to support the bands. We're taking our music off or a Taylor Swift or whoever actually makes money off that. And I mean, I'm on the lowest, lowest of lowest rungs. I have music that's up on there. I have never seen a penny from it. So to me, it makes no difference, but uh, it's unfortunate for like the mid-level bands or like it, maybe even some of the bands that we play on the show who oh, do yeah. Okay. They may have their 10,000 listeners a month or whatever. Um, they're the ones that are going to lose out and they don't really make any money anyway, all that much. So, you know, it's not a lot of income, but it is income. And they're running out of places to be able to make money because you have this, you have the problems with Bandcamp. Uh, touring is getting more expensive and harder to do. People aren't purchasing physical music anymore, so options are running low. Yeah, um, let's because I mean we we've gone off on this show enough about it. Like uh, Spotify is a, a fucking exposure scam, essentially. Like if you want to just have your music out there for people to listen to, if they feel like it, sure. Uh, but for the most part, like you're just never going to get anything out of it. Uh, and now like they're basically codifying that. Yeah. Like don't even expect anything. Uh, so the alternative has always been Bandcamp, a thing that we know and love. I uh, checked the other day. I have about 750 purchases on Bandcamp. So you could say I'm a fan. 
but things things they are a changing. Uh, what's what's been going on? Well, we called it a year ago with Epic Games. Yep. It only took a year, but yep. Epic, who own Bandcamp, sold or to something called Song Trader. And this was what a month ago, two months ago. And like a lot of people, we went, what song trader? Right. Like a lot of people, I went to Wikipedia. There's not a lot of information on song traders, Wikipedia page, which is a telltale sign of something crummy. Um, And all there is really on there is song trader is an American B2B music platform that claims to facilitate brands, content creators, in digital platforms, I'm jerk making a jerking off motion Dude, while I'm reading this. Those are three of my favorite things, man. Brands. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of facilitating brands. I love brands. I love content creators. This is my fucking shit, dude. I'm a real digital uh, platform head. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, like I think the claim is that they make licensing music easier. Is that the, is that what they were saying? I think so though it's a uh, there's like on this page there's not a lot like i said but there's also a lot of um sp- not double speak but like industry speak sure there's the broad words facilitating creating platforming it's for, bullshit for licensing purposes as of 2019 and again most of us have only heard of this within the past two months song trader yeah. was the largest music licensing platform in the world and none of us have really ever heard of it. Ever heard of it. Yeah. The platform offers but products I mean, that can assist agencies, artists, and labels in the finding, licensing, and managing of music across various formats. So basically, they're like the middlemen who take either your music or stock music that's been created for them and then licenses it to anyone, whether it's commercials, whether it's movies whether it's like training videos for where you work, your music or someone's music ends up in these videos and platforms and whatever else is out there. Yeah. So uh, you wrote uh, music that, you know, really speaks to your soul or whatever. And uh, it somehow catches on. And uh, I don't know, like Hershey wants to use it uh, to create a video explaining how they don't actually use child uh, slave labor. Uh, and they put some jingly music on top of it. Uh, this company helps make sure you get a 10% cut. <laughs> they give you a nice pat on the head as they go to the bank. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, middleman. Uh, good business to be in if you uh, you know don't value your own soul, I would say. <laughs> and they're not just in the licensing business. They are also in the business of business. Because bigger than like what their platform is on Wikipedia and the description of what they are is the section acquisitions and investments. So oh, more that's than just, always a great sign. More than just licensing, they are an acquisition company. Uh, since 2019, they have acquired Big Sync Music, Q Songs. Let's see what else do they have here? Jaxta, Songzoo, a sound design company. Music streaming platform Pretzel and TuneFind, something called Massive Music, a metadata company called Music Cube, a London headquartered B2B music company, Seven Digital, and now Bandcamp. And that's just since 2019. Have you ever heard of any of that shit? 
No, not a one of them, right? No, so they're I mean, they're the bane capital of music. They're just swallowing yeah. up all these companies for millions of dollars. This is not Trump sure. and they're just doing firing people. Yeah, they're firing people. They're uh, you know having profits despite not actually producing a whole lot of stuff. And now they've purchased the thing that a lot of people love, which is buying music. Um, it seems like it's such a cool thing to have a company that's profitable, that has a really enthusiastic user base, and then selling it to uh, a video game company for children uh, who then turns around because they don't know what the fuck they bought and selling it to, uh, as you said, the Bain capital of music licensing. What a great way to uh, you know, keep the reputation of your brand in such high regard. Um. Nothing good is going to happen here. I mean, the first thing that Song Trader did uh, upon purchasing it was firing every single person involved in Bandcamp Union and shutting down Bandcamp Daily, which is probably the only good, uh, like, consistent source of music journalism that was existing uh, for years there. Uh, so is that going to endear the audience further to using this, or is that going to alienate your core audience again? I mean... It's not like these guys fucking care. They're not in the business of fucking caring about this. They don't care that, you know, Bandcamp has users that like it. They just want to maximize profit by cutting costs. Right. This is a chance for them to make money. And they're doing that by laying off half the staff. And uh, when the announcement first came out that Song Trader was now running or owning Bandcamp, a friend of mine had asked, like, I know this isn't good, but like, why, why are people concerned about this? And from my perspective, as someone who has music on Bandcamp, not that it's ever going to be used in this way because it's all terrible, but they now essentially own what's been uploaded through the website. Like, I don't remember any of the privacy agreements or terms of right. services that I clicked on. They could also like retroactively change those. That happens all the time. How many times do we get uh, our terms of services have changed? Please click accept. And we just go, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. That could happen. They could do that again. And who knows what says it. It's like we could do whatever we want with your music. Something that's uploaded to Bandcamp, they could then license it to yep. a commercial or a video game nerd on YouTube or whatever, as long as someone pays their fee for it. So conceivably, we could see our own music ending up in places that maybe we don't agree with, whether it's from a capitalist perspective or like something actually objectionable being used. Yeah, like Ron DeSantis wants to use your song for a campaign promo or something like that. It's like, OK, well, first of all, you'll never get paid on that for one. But <laughs> Ron DeSantis usually the latest uh, death metal from 20 bucks spin to show carnage in America. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Who knows? He's got a lot of weird Nazis on his staff. Um, I, I think that um, another thing that uh, to consider about this is that over the last five or so years, I've heard from musicians that uh, the the pay the revenue you make from licensing a song for like a commercial or for a movie or things like that has about dropped in half from what it was five years ago. This seems to be like another way of further cheapening it. Um, I mean, I don't know what the cuts look like yet. Nobody really does, but it's not. Is it, Do you think it's going to go up? Do you think it's going to get a better share for the musician? Or do you think it's going to get worse? This is just one of those things that like 
think about it for half a second, you know where it's going. There's just another bigger hand in the artist's pocket, just pulling out whatever pennies are left. They're going to be turning you over and shaking you so they can get their cut. And between this and Spotify and all the other problems, I think bands should consider maybe restarting websites. Like I know we've been very reliant. We've been very reliant on like just having a MySpace page, just having a Facebook page, just having a Bandcamp page. And it might not be a bad idea to have, you know, gravesend.com and then just having your music up there for purchase. I'm sure there is some app out there or um, a person who knows enough to make what is essentially a Bandcamp page or a player to just have on your website. And just people yeah. can purchase for $5 directly from you. And that way you don't have to deal with whether it's Bandcamp, whether it's Spotify, whether it's the next thing that people are trying to push to replace Bandcamp once it goes sour. And you just have it on your own and you pay someone to maintain it or you pay a license to use that once a year. And that way you can reap the benefits and you have an easy place to send people for your music for tour dates instead of having to look at Instagram, look at Facebook, look at these other places that are all run by horrible people. Yeah. No, Jordan, I've been thinking about this so much over the past couple of weeks. Like we have lost the muscle memory of basically underground music um, because it used to be people relied on things like tape trading, uh, physically uh, finding out about shows physically through word of mouth, through flyers. Uh, somebody's cousin knows something that you ought to know about asking a punk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because everybody has grown so, uh, I don't know, lazy, so to speak, relying on these content creation and delivery systems that it seems like almost impossible to break out of it. And I, you know, for an audience that's also, uh, I guess kind of grown lazy from that regard too. like there's music right here being fed to me why do i want to put in the legwork and try to uh, find something outside of this and i gotta say it's it's time to start gatekeeping (laughs) i i mean that like jokingly but also not jokingly i i think that it's time to start going back to some of the old ways of getting your music out there the website i think is a fantastic idea we have to start creating our own things rather than using the things that are created for us. That's, um, you know, I realize that I'm I'm being um, kind of a, a hypocrite because this show is on Spotify. Presumably a number of people are listening to it on right now. Uh, but our goal with this is not money uh, at all. Uh, if it was, we would have quit so fucking long ago, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same with music for a lot of people. It's just, you just want it out there. You want someone to listen to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Same thing with the show. It's easy for people to go to Spotify to click an app on their phone and they can listen to us. So there's that in that regard. Um, as far as trying to like go back to things that worked or a more direct route, I miss the compilation albums you used to get when you left the show. People would hand Absolutely. you it. Fucking lootly, dude. Oh my God. That is such an easy win too. People would hand you their demo. They'd hand you their CD sometimes. You would get someone from a street team just being like, here, here's Roadrunner's sampler with 12 songs. 
And especially when, you know, we were 14, 15 years old and the internet wasn't great. You learned so many bands that you would never would have any other way. And like with the internet, it's easy to find all of that stuff. But uh, if there was some sort of way, like, I know you can't hand someone a USB. To like, you can hand here. somebody a fucking QR code that will download like the music directly to their phone. Yeah, maybe that's like, granted something. you don't want it. I I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I would say uh I would probably not scan a random QR yeah. code that somebody gave me. So maybe you need to make your package a little bit friendlier than than just a slip of paper with a QR code. I just but, I I, th- I, th- I think you're right in that we've all become accustomed not necessarily lazy though. I am definitely lazy. Just accustomed to. No, I am. I am lazy too. Don't get me wrong. I'm the laziest mm-hmm. fucker in the world. It's like, well, I'll just go to Bandcamp and click the new releases metal, and oh, I'll yeah. just I'll find whatever I want. It's convenient. Yeah. It's easy. You can do it on your phone. Um, I just cutting out the bad actors and the people who do not have your interest as a listener or your interest as an artist at hand to remove them. Like we don't need song trader in our lives we really don't it's unfortunate don't. that they've purchased the thing that a lot of people like to use but out of this you can take what people like from Bandcamp, the usability and you know the good interface and whatever else that you like about it and just use it for yourself use it on your own like century media has kept all their stuff off of Bandcamp. And which has been may- very annoying, <laughs> very annoying. But, you know, maybe in the long run, they can make their own just Century Media Bandcamp version of it where they can control all of it and they won't do wacky stuff with your music as much as a record label could do. But why not have a label just do that? Or why not just have a band do it on their own? We have the technology. We have the capabilities. We can be rebuilt stronger. Why not? Honestly, there is such a wealth of creativity uh, of people that want to put in the work of people that are so passionate about all of this, about creating, sharing underground music that we have to break out of these these existing ways. And and I think that that's really the way to be successful with essentially creating the new underground existing separately from the song traders and the Spotify's of the world. Um, I think that what we've seen since the democratization, quote unquote, of the internet uh, is the business of underground music being handled by faceless multinationals that have no interest in any of this. It's annoying to them, actually. All they want is the Taylor Swift's of the world. You are a leech on their their rotting log. Um and I think that we need to treat them equally. Uh, they don't want you. We don't need them. It's it's time for a separation and a creation of something new. And I really think we need to get more excited about um, about doing things this way. Uh, step outside of I I uploaded my music to like what is it DistroKid or whatever. It puts it on the platform, so job done. I, I no longer have to think about it this way. Uh, you got to find a new way to reach out to the people that actually want to listen to you. And the people that do want to listen to you, they will reward you for it. You know, in a few years when you create your own Tommy Vex app, they will they will purchase the gotcha games on there. <laughs> the thing about passionate music fans and especially heavy metal fans is we will find it. 
We will find the yeah. music. It fits out there. And part oh of the God, joys yeah. of, of doing this is like going onto a YouTube or any other website and finding something from 1983, some band that put out an EP with three songs and loving it and going, you got to listen to this. This is so cool. If it's not in one and, of these places, but like you upload your own stuff to your own website, people will find it eventually. It may take a little bit more work than just the natural. We're going to the three websites we always go to. We're going to the three apps we always use, but people will find it. Yeah. You know, you, the younger kids out there, you hear millennials say all the time, like, I miss when there was more than one website. Well, we can create that again. They, there is still an opportunity to do this. It's different. It's not going to be the way it was once before, but you can create something new. And that has you have to get excited about that. Otherwise, you're just going to watch all of this fucking die over and over again at the hands of, again, some piece of shit that makes a million whether or not he loses money on the on the app or not. <laughs> and the thing is, so. Song Trader could sell in a year if they go, ah, oh, you know what? This is a pain in the ass, but we can make money off it. Here you go, uh, News Corp. You now own Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got, there's no control. So you got to take control. Do it on yourself. D-I-Y or D-I-E, so to speak. Um, but I feel like that's maybe, don't want to get too too on my soapbox about this because we have other important issues to discuss, don't we? Well, we have other issues. I don't know how important they are. I mean, I, I feel like they're all pretty important. Every uh, single thing we talk about is a matter of life and death on this show. Exactly. Uh, for example, uh, did you see that fucking uh, the, guy, the guy from Stained uh, killed something like 50 coyotes and carefully arranged their bodies, much in the way like a serial killer in the Hannibal TV series would do uh, to spell out Trump 2024? And he tied a red ribbon around their left paw to leave clues for whoever finds it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With, that's... Will, I will I can sense you getting horny. <laughs> yeah, that's sociopathic right there. Yeah. Just absolutely to... insane behavior. To uh, murder a whole lot of animals with high-powered yeah. weaponry used for military conflicts to then take the corpses of these murdered animals and to spell out a message of support for a man who has no idea who you are. And if he met you, he would hate your guts and immediately wash his hands after shaking yours. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, there is no way, no chance in hell that Donald Trump is in any way familiar with who the fuck Aaron Lewis is. And yet this man has sacrificed his own life at the altar of this golden toilet. <laughs> uh, so again, fully, fully deranged, insane behavior. I, I, I know that there are like enthusiastic hunters out there or whatever. What, what are you getting out of killing this many coyotes? Uh, I, I know that like, if you have livestock or whatever, coyotes can be a nuisance, but this motherfucker doesn't have livestock. He's just an idiot with a gun. He's living out his G.I. Joe He-Man fantasies of shooting down uh, probably Black Lives Matter supporters. But oh, yeah. all he can do is do it with coyotes and just just crazy behavior. And for what? For nothing. Uh, 
a photo op, like just, I gotta say, man, like, um, <clears throat> I, um, I have, uh, killed a, a coyote before because it was, uh, in the process of snatching one of my ducks. This was when I was a child. Uh, and, uh, that didn't exactly feel good. Not a good thing to do, I would say. Uh, but this guy just wantonly slaughtering a lot of animals. Um, I know we like to joke around a lot in here and we joked, jokingly said that serial killer behavior. This is legitimately serial killer behavior. This is mutilating animals, arranging their corpses for fun. Uh, this is a deeply sick motherfucker. I hope nothing but bad things happen to him. Coming to a casino uh, near you. Oh, absolutely. Um, God, uh, I... <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw, I think Stain is putting out a new record or they've already put out a new record too. Like apparently all of the other guys could, uh, you know, swallow this guy's shit long enough, try to make another payday out of it. Um, have you heard it blowing up the radio or anything like that? I did hear one song when it first came out and it sounds like 1999. They have not changed in any sort of way, which I would say is probably a good idea because if People that are left that still like Stain just want to hear Stain from when they were angsty 14-year-olds. So there you go. Here is another album from guys who obviously very much hate being with and working with Aaron Lewis. There's I've actually found there's like home videos and documentaries uh, like filmed by the band during their heyday, and they hated him back then. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's only worse now but um they probably need the money what they really should do is what system over down does is just play shows big shows where you're headlining to get a nice payday and then never talk to each other yeah yeah um i feel like uh a guy like this aaron lewis doesn't just change overnight he's probably been a piece of shit his entire life hasn't he i i think that's without question he is the worst type of asshole. And uh, yeah. it's who he is. He'll never change. And he's just getting worse in large part to like internet brain rot. I feel like it It was just such a close call. He might have gotten like a call that morning saying like, don't go to the Capitol today. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like we were so close to a scenario where both he and John Schaefer were in danger of getting locked away forever. It really is something um, that he wasn't there. I know it's kind of shocking in retrospect. I mean, to be fair, maybe he was. There's still people out there where they're uh, the sedition hunters are trying to find out, like, you know, who is mustache guy. So it's possible he was there. I mean, he we, he looks like every other dump. He looks like every other dumpy guy that was there with a shitty patchy beard. So that's true. Who knows? That's true. Um, So I don't know. I, I If not. You know, if not January 6th, I'm sure an equally stupid thing will be his downfall. Uh, so you can count on us waiting for that, uh, waiting for that downfall any any day now. Um, <clears throat> moving on here a little bit, maybe not one of our shitheads. We could talk about something else. That's OK. Well, no, actually, do you want to get our, the rest of our shithead behavior out of the way? Sure. Uh, I hope Ronnie Radke dies as well. Yes. Um, Agreed. <clears throat> I don't know that we need to even we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. One of the big stories that happened at the very beginning of the October spooktacular. So we of course missed it uh, was that thy art is murder. Thy art is murder did maybe one of the funniest things that's ever happened. <laughs> um, they uh, put out a new record uh, and without telling 
CJ McMahon, their incredibly transphobic uh, piece of shit ex-vocalist, they hired somebody else to re-record his vocals and released it with the new vocals, telling him he was fired from the band the same day. I know that I have said a lot of negative things about this band and their genre in general, but I simply have to give credit where credit is due. The Iron is Murder, uh, tremendous work there. I, I love every bit of that. It's funny. Uh, it is very, very funny. Um, I saw uh, a lot of people online giving them props for that as well, uh, agreeing that that was both a good change and also extremely funny. Uh, but what I also saw a lot of uh, was haters. And you know, I can't stand these haters, Jordan. Um, CJ McMahon himself, I would consider a hater in this scenario, uh, but an even bigger hater. Uh, hey, player hater numero uno would be one Ronnie Radke of falling in reverse. He, uh, to be charitable about this, lost his fucking mind. <laughs> uh, did you see any of his reactions here? I saw something briefly, but one of the things about the uh, this guy getting kicked out of his band and something that stuck out to me, and I'm trying to find it, but the band made a statement that it wasn't just what he said on Instagram that was transphobic. Like there were other things that transpired. What transpired over the past month was not the cause of this action. And I think that got lost in a lot of mm -hmm. people praising, Oh, you know, great that they kicked out the transphobe. So they said what transpired over the past month was not the cause of this action but just another symptom of the drawn-out breakdown in his character and judgment. Strother broke the camel's back. If you, will, if you will, long story short, the fallout has been immense. We were lobbed with threats to destroy the artist's murder from the inside if we do not capitulate to various ideologies that he holds. Everyone mm. has their own right to free speech and to seek their truth. They're also free to receive the consequences that come with it. So to me, it sounds like, you know, maybe that was the last straw, but that wasn't entirely the reason other things have happened other things have been said possibly worse things it seems like it seems like this is a yeah. pattern of stuff that's been going on for a long time and now I mean, that and i have we've seen it where somebody like they don't suddenly like become a transphobe overnight they they go down a deep rabbit hole where they alienate literally everybody in their lives in the process so it seems like that might have been the case with old C.J. McMahon. What do you think? I I think there's probably a lot more bad things that he has said, probably in person or behind closed doors or done things that perhaps in time we will learn more about. But it's probably yeah. not good. And also he <laughs> afterwards, like C.J. McMahon said something along the lines of like, I, it was a fake apology afterwards mm -hmm. and he like didn't believe any of that and it went on to just a whole bunch of nonsense so people can find that if they really want to go back and look at it but yeah they kicked the guy out and replaced him with another australian deathcore vocalist um and these guys some... are fucking interchangeable you might as well yeah. like you're not losing anything by kicking out this guy that's been poisoned to your band and uh, ronnie radke had to stick his nose in it because of course he did yeah, he's a free speech advocate. God damn it. 
So I think the, the funniest thing is this first thing you said here. It is time to stand the fuck up and boycott this shit. Boycott thy art is murder. I will send $20,000 to CJ right now. <laughs> Tired of these spineless cowards bending to this shit, ruining people's lives. Fuck you. And you can just really tell like that he is sputtering mad, that he is completely impotent in this regard and is just flailing at everyone around him. Uh, it's really rare that you can see that communicated in a tweet. So great job. Good, good. That's the most like articulate you've ever been in your life, you idiot. And also uh, telling on himself. Oh, absolutely. Um, really, really funny. Uh, again, the guy that's a supposed free speech warrior or whatever is just like, boycott. You know, he's he's the thumbnail of the uh, the the crying person in a pussy hat or whatever. That's you. That's you now. <laughs> I was thinking he was more like uh, the from Narcos Pablo Escobar memes where he's just standing around looking sad. <laughs> That's Ronnie Radke uh, after finding out another one of his shitty contemporaries got kicked out of their band. And it's the thing, like, I don't even think these guys are friends. I think he just saw somebody like getting uh, some regard of punishment for being a huge piece of shit. He's like, mm, if I don't stand up right now, they'll come for me. <laughs> I didn't speak uh, yet when they kicked out the guy from Thy Art is Murder because I wasn't in yeah. Thy Art is Murder. Yeah. Uh, and eventually I was thrown in prison for beating a woman. <laughs> That's how the end of the poem goes, I think, right? Uh, I thought it was he for continues con convincing a friend to murder someone. Oh, that's right. And then somehow my friend ends up dead, too. I wonder mm. how that happened. Uh, why is everyone in the music scene so scared to stand up for each other? Grow some balls, or is that transphobic, too? Um, that's another thing that Ronnie Radke said there. Uh, he continued here because uh, he can't stop, won't stop, says, Thy Art is Murder is a super satanic, murderous, evil band that is also Wrong. not transphobic. They really want you to all know that they love Satan and murder, but they hate bigotry. Okay. Uh, moron. Absolute fucking moron. I guess, um, knowing what we know, the things that he says on a regular basis, regularly, like, insanely transphobic, regularly, like, incredibly racist, misogynist. Uh, I am kind of surprised that, like, this guy's career is still as far as I can tell, ongoing, and he hasn't been entirely shunned by a larger audience. There is a level of person, usually a shitty man, who is uncancelable for whatever reason, uh, like a Jeffree Star or a Donald Trump who just has people that will love them no matter what, like literally yeah. can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and people would be like, yes, that's awesome. And I don't know if there's a good explanation as to why some people can get away with things and some can't. It's not like they make such undeniable art or they're such, uh, you know, an intellectual or a dynamic person that we have to look past the bad things they do. It's just they have their limited audience that would die for them. And what can you do? About the, there's nothing. <laughs> One of the uh, ideas that I had written down for show ideas when we come back that I uh, deleted because it, in retrospect, it seemed like an incredibly cruel thing to do uh, was go through uh, the Ronnie Radke fans uh, accounts. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, and get into the lives of these folks. And again, uh, that's a mean thing to do. I won't be doing that, but I wanted to. Let's be clear there. <laughs> now, were you thinking of just fans or people who have him as their picture on social media? That, or that's like what I'm talking about. Cosplay as him. Yeah, the 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 big time, the the, the elite Ronnie Radke level fans. Uh, but again, these people are they're just losers. They don't deserve uh, us making fun of them in public. I'll do I'll continue to do that in the DMs with you. <laughs> <laughs> They've got their own problems. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, anyway, um, there's a, a Metal Sucks article about this. Uh, and of course, when I want to get uh, you know a taste uh, for what's really happening in the world. Uh, the first thing I do is go to the metal sucks comments. Um, do they still have a guy who goes, but they do, they put in a new platform recently and it only has comments when something like this gets shared by some right wing grievance, uh, merchant. Uh, so for example, the top comment here is from commenter, George Orwell (laughs) stating, stating, welcome back. George. Yeah, t- Tipper Gore one is what he has to say. So, um, <clears throat> uh, related to a show we did earlier, uh, Tipper Gore was right. <laughs> you show respect to Tipper uh, Gore. <laughs> exactly, she's a dime, dude. Um, I don't know that we need to further uh, contemplate this, but I did want to, at the very least, uh, mention this whole story because it again. Uh, it is extremely funny to me. So, uh, again, this is probably the last time I'll ever say it. Good for the Iron Spurter. <laughs> they eventually uh, did the right thing. Yes, they did. All right, moving on here. What else would you like to discuss? Some big festivals were announced. Some new festivals getting announced. What do, what do you got? Well, we could talk about the sick new metal world festival that okay. it, it, somehow they managed to get another year out of it. Um, it seemed unlikely, uh, based on what we saw last year. Well, let, uh, to, to be fair, it was sold out. There were people there. Yeah. Um, I think what a lot of people complained about, particularly last year, hasn't changed. It is no all on one day. It is across just a few stages. Um, it's still in the desert. So yeah. it's... Like, if this was close to me and it was, like, reasonably priced and spread out like a festival would, I'd at least think about it. But I'm not going to Las Vegas. I'm not cramming myself in, like, cattle into the festival fencing where they split it down the middle and there's just a mass of humanity on the left and a mass of humanity on the right pinned in. And, you know, there's... It's a combination of well-known new metal bands, some goth bands, and a whole bunch of new bands that I don't really know much about. But I guess it was successful enough for them to do it again one more time for one day in the same place. This is too much shit for one day. Let's let's be clear here. Like if you are interested in this, you are going to you're presumably going to look at this lineup and be like, I want to see this and this. But they're both the entire festival away from each other and playing at the same time. Like you got to either cut down this bill or split it into a couple of days, I think. And uh, another am complaint. Am I wrong? Another, what, do you, what do you think about that? Another complaint from last year was that a lot of the smaller bands only got like 25 minutes of set time. Oh, and a, a few of those bands ran into technical problems. So they had their sets cut to like 20 minutes, 
15 minutes. So then it's kind of like, yes, I finally get to see this band from my youth that I never got a chance to see when I was younger. I got four songs out of it and I was half a mile away because it was crowded. That's a bummer tale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, there there are, to be fair, a bunch of bands on this lineup that I would really like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, do I want to see uh, Primus put on a 30 minute set? No, I want to I want to see like a just dedicated show there. Uh, that's the case for almost every one of these bands. And some of these bands uh, benefit from being in like a dark club, like a lot of the goth yeah. and industrial bands. They uh, shouldn't be playing yeah. at like one thirty in the afternoon on a sunny day. It is very funny, like to think frontline assembly playing like at like you said, one thirty in the afternoon in the desert in a hundred and hundred and ten degree heat. You know, it's uh, it's, it's it's weird. That's a weird thing to do, but whatever. I I, I I'm wrong, I guess, because uh, I was actually working in a uh, a zone with another nurse uh, last week who was telling me what a fun time she had at Sick New World last year and had bought tickets for this one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure for the people who want to be at this thing, it's probably a lot of fun. You don't go to festivals very often. You get to see 20 bands you like, and part of it is the experience. It's not our experience we want, but people like want to go to Las Vegas and they want to get dressed up in their fishnets or whatever and, you know, glam it up and goth it out and have a good time for spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars to see bands for 20 minutes. But I mean, that's not us. We want to actually see a 45 minute set and be able to experience it in comfort. Like I'm looking at this lineup here, like it's honestly not bad. It's it's pretty good in a lot of places. Like uh, in, in a lot of places, yes, and I feel like there's a big drop off. Yeah, I I get it, but I, still, like I can count at least ten bands here that I would like to see. So that's in my you know, in my opinion, that's that makes for a pretty good festival at my old and jaded age, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's enough uh, here where I would, if I was there, I would enjoy seeing yeah. a bunch of bands, but. There is definitely a knowledge gap. I'm sure it's mostly younger bands that just have not come across my radar all that much. But, uh, you know, it starts off strong with the two headliners, System of a Down and Slipknot. Right, right. That's pretty That's pretty new. And uh, of the new wave, uh, those are typically the, the two that are best remembered, aside from Deftones, who are still pretending that they were not new. Those are the biggest um, ones you're going to get that are still active that will draw on a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. There's a, a perfect circle, which you know, not for me at all. Uh, Alice in Chains, which also not for me, but I know a lot of people really love. Uh, Bring me the horizon. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, I would like to see Danny Elfman. I, I like a lot of people watched uh, footage of his Coachella performance last mm-hmm. year, uh, where he's he's clearly been taking HGH for years or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it looks yeah. it looks like. It looks like a fun performance. I would like to see that. I would like to see this old man do his uh, his noodly bullshit. <laughs> I did recently uh, see that there's accusations against him. So we'll see if he actually plays. Oh, boy. Uh, Primus, who I already mentioned. Uh, Slow Dive, which is good. Uh, Ice Nine Kills, who is, uh, I think we've mentioned on the show, I don't understand uh, their popularity. Uh, Motionless and White. Lorna Shore, same, same. Bad Omen, same. Uh, Swans, uh, I guess Michael Gear is on his comeback tour at the moment. 
Spirit Box, Black Veil Brides, Wage War, Loathe the Guard. I just want to just stop you for a second. Remember when uh, Spirit Box had dropped off the tour with Ronnie Radkin? They're like, you're, you're never going to make it ever again. They're one of the big names on this massive festival. Yeah, I, I don't see uh, Ronnie Radke on this lineup anywhere. So worth worth noting there. Uh, the more successful version of his band, Blackville Brides, is, however. <laughs> so. um, Sleep Token, who continue their uh, baffling ascendancy. Kitty, who I actually would love to see. <laughs> I've seen them twice, uh, and I'd like to see them again. Uh, Seven Dust, who I think uh, we have mean jokes about on the last show we did. Uh, Helmet. Ginger slaughtered to prevail. Let's good luck with those visas. Uh, Kubla Khan, Lamb of God, Killing Joke, and again, another band that should not be playing in the day in the desert. Uh, Drain and Tsunami, who I've always assumed are the same band because they're always on the same bill. Uh, Drain just like came out of nowhere, like within the past two years, and they're somehow high up on this. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, man. I uh, I can't remember if they were the one that uh played the homeless encampment that they destroyed or if that was tsunami one of the two uh, yeah and if anything where's drain sth on your new metal lineup see asking the real questions here mm-hmm. uh and so on and so forth uh, there's a lot of shit here that you know is strictly old heads only like the lords of acid do you remember those guys sure but, i uh, love that they have their old uh, logo on this absolutely oh, fuck yeah um yeah, there's there's uh... there's a line in this that is just for one very specific music fan and again yes. if it was indoors at a goth industrial festival it would probably be a lot of fun you got your lords of acid vnv nation front 242 frontline assembly nitzer ebb combo christ that's fun that is a really cool show i don't want to see it for 20 minutes when it's yeah. sunny and hot out uh, and then you have your lower tier new metal pens. You have your Skindred, your Taproot, your Nonpoint, Power Man 5000, Static X, etc. I'm happy et for those bands. They yeah. deserve some Wednesday love. Thir- Wednesday 13 is on the bill as well, yeah. which I'm not sure which one we're going to get. Yeah. Uh, right above Fear Factory, but God damn, how far Fear Factory has fallen. <laughs> yeah, Fear Factory is pretty low on this, which is kind of sad. There's also yeah. a Fleshwater on this list, who I highly recommend. I think they're one of those bands. If they keep doing what they do, they're gonna, they're gonna. I don't know about blow up, but I, I feel like a lot of people are gonna like them. They're like mid '90s alt rock, alt metal. Yeah, I, I, I really. You do. and I were talking about like, uh, yeah, the current, the current kind of like uh, new strain of young kids recreating that sound right now. It's interesting. I'm liking I'm liking a lot of things that I'm hearing. Um we might do a dedicated show on that one day. I think that might be fun. Yeah. Um and then uh various other things. Uh, trash talk, I had no idea was still a band, to be honest with you, man. I saw them like 15 years ago. Uh, I think it might just be for I, this show, like one of those. Okay. We're we're not broken up, but we just play things like this. Gotcha. Uh so that is a uh, another thing that you can do here. And uh, better um, better lovers is on this, which is Greg from Dillinger Escape Plan and some of the Every Time I Die guys. Oh, how about that? We'll, we'll see how long that uh, band that's will a, last. That's a that's an interesting pairing, actually. Have, have they put anything out yet? Yes. Okay, I got to listen to that. I'm curious here how that's how that's going to go. Um, if we wanted to uh, do a you know uh, 
uh, a a turkey, so to speak, a perfect game in terms of our guys. Um, I saw a headline on Metal Sucks the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that I, I'm pleased to share with you. <clears throat> D. Snyder thinks we're not going to take it has transcended transcended rock and metal. I mean, sure, because politicians <laughs> play it at their hate rallies. I just, um, I, I, I feel like this guy has to step in every couple of days to remind people that he was a part of. We're not going to take it, uh, just or otherwise he will literally fade away. <laughs> I don't um, feel so good, Mister Snyder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, really pathetic stuff. I think. I think it's more of a, a speed. I think it's more of a speed situation where if he doesn't talk about it within like a week or two, he will blow up. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting point as well. There's a bomb uh, strapped to his chest. He says here, I was writing an anthem very deliberately. I wanted something people would use as a rallying cry. And I deliberately was very vague about what are you not taking? As a matter of fact, I believe it was the Village Voice review of Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. That was three words. What from whom? Shit sandwich. And then, big, <laughs> and then a big blank space before the next review. And I want to go ahead and give huge props to that Village Voice uh, <laughs> reviewer because you have been vindicated by time, my friend. <laughs> they never did really explain um, what from whom, now did they? Well, he says here, uh, and that was it. And I'm screaming, that's the point. That was the point. This isn't smoke on the water, man. I'm not telling you about Funky Claude, who I met, by the way. He's a dude? D, this is Funky Claude. I said, who's running in in and out, pulling kids on the ground? Well, that was him. Okay, Grandpa, let's get you to bed. (laughs) Um, As a reminder, D. Snyder's a transphobic piece of shit. I hope he fucking dies too. This is the one thing that he's ever done that was worth a shit and it's not that good. It's been used for fucking deodorant commercials for 30 years. If I never heard that song ever again in my life, it would be too soon. Anyway, just wanted to hit for the cycle on this one with our guys. You're well above the Mendoza Uh, line this week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Okay, Uh, is there anything, any short things we want to tack onto this one? If we're continuing on the festival route, did you see who was announced for Hellfest 2024? I did actually, and by say I did, I saw the one, the one band. I think that we, that maybe you're thinking of as well. Hellfest. What is what is Hellfest for people that are unfamiliar? Hellfest is what a three to four day. mostly heavy metal death metal black metal there's a little bit of like punk thrown in there all the subgenres you could want playing on tons of stages i think last year they had like something insane like 150 bands playing um but yes it is a heavy metal festival uh, in france that usually when people review it they review all of it and not just the first day but uh, this year they're switching things up and with the biggest headliner playing in clisson france June 27th to 30th, the four-day heavy metal extravaganza that apparently will have 200 bands. Fuck. Foo Fighters are the big band for it. And I think it's kind of the same thing that I feel like with D. Snyder here. When is it enough? 
Is, is it not enough that you've dominated culture so thoroughly that you have to fucking put your nose places where it doesn't really belong? If people are going to throw, I would assume, a lot of zeros at you, you play. Why not? I guess so. I don't know why this is something that's a net benefit for the Hellfest audience, I would say. That's that's, I, that's where my confusion is. I mean, I think this is a huge win for Hellfest. I think move away from all the metal stuff. Like, how many times can you have Judas Priest or Iron Maiden headline your thing? Why not get a band that is still putting out popular music to this day that you know will draw a lot of people and gives you a lot of clout in the music world? Look who we booked. We booked arguably the biggest rock band from the past 20 years, 30 years to do it. So here we are. Why not? I guess I'm on the opposite end of this one. It's like, well, every festival, like of, of like every big festival, can can book the Foo Fighters, and like alongside this, like if you want to draw, like fuck it, you you can you can draw like bands outside of of heavy metal that are certainly going to get more people going to your festival. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that that this is the appropriate fit for this. But Hellfest sells out every year, doesn't it? Probably. Or am I thinking of walking? Uh, walking definitely. I'm sure Hellfest does well, but I, I guess you have to see what Hellfest wants to get out of this if they want to move away from heavy metal because they announced some other bands that are playing the festival as well. And like I mentioned, they don't just have heavy metal. They've had punk sure. stages and rock stages. So perhaps that's the way they're moving into because uh, other bands playing Queens of the Stone Age so you may get Dave Grohl playing drums for them. No, that makes sense. The Offspring. Ugh. Dropkick Murphys. Hmm. Megadeth. Royal Blood, who aren't they the band that threw a fit at like Glastonbury or something like that because people weren't into them? Oh, yeah. They're, they're one of those bands. It's like, oh, we're, we're fucking punk rock and we're autists. And then they play the most generic fucking rock and roll <laughs> you've ever heard in your life. One of those bands where they you don't really know about them in the U.S., but they're somehow headlining festivals. Um, yep. Bad Omens. Baby Metal. Something called Nova Twins. Brutus. The Interrupters. Mm. Bruce Dickinson. Gavril attack, Madball, spreading <laughs> spreading the disease with Madball. Demu Borgir, Biohazard, Fu Manchu, Satyricon, Buharia, Dark Tranquility, All Them Witches, Eternal Champion, Corplicani, and Rhapsody of Fire. What is the fuck? That's all that is all over the board right there. <laughs> they, Hellfest has like 10 different stages each day. So yeah. all this stuff's gonna be spread out. If you ever actually look at the flyers that they send out and all the minuscule names are on it it's just oh this is the black metal stage this is the thrash stage this is the comedy tent so there's really something for everyone and you're going to miss bands that you want to see but the big news is that the foo fighters are the big band on it and i don't know we'll see what happens with Hellfist if that's the way they want to move from now on uh probably guaranteed that they will sell out with them at the top of it and you know, who knows? Dave Grohl is a heavy metal fan, or at least was. So maybe they wanted to play. Maybe they took a pay cut to do it. Maybe he's just like, I really want to see Bruce Dickinson uh, do his solo stuff. I want to hear, what was it, Nuts to Picasso or something like that? I want to hear 
Samson material, you know? <laughs> I want to uh, see Thunderstick who, live in person play drums. Yeah. That's uh who knows, man? Who knows? Uh so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I feel like it's another uh, omen, uh, mysterious omen of things to come, but we shall see. Um, small things to mention uh, before um, before we call it on this episode. Um, very important news. I'm sure that uh, listeners uh, of this show, one of their favorite bands, uh, big news out of the Dream Theater camp uh, in that uh, Dave Portnoy of uh, Barstool Sports is now back on drums for them. So I think that uh, they should get back on top pretty soon. Uh, oh, he, we're all he, excited. He stopped eating pizza and harassing women long enough to do something yeah, else. He's... <laughs> so uh, that'll be a, a great change for the band. Surely revitalize their careers. Uh, I did want to talk about it on this show, but we're getting a little bit late on it. So uh, maybe we save it for another one. But uh, our favorite uh, venue uh, in uh, in Rhode Island is making uh, global news here. Uh, and we will talk about that on a future one. Uh, and I probably can't talk about it on this without going into a whole 15 minute rant. Uh, but we can save Denny's discussion for another episode. That's all right. Sure. <laughs> Uh, are there any other important things that we got to get on this one before we call it? You can email us at totalhell at gmail.com, totalhellradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at totalhell, at Joe Thrash and Kill. Uh, we're on Blue Sky, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, patreon.com slash hell. We will be having stickers and hopefully shirts for sale soon. Oh, yeah. Um, I will get those up probably in the next two weeks is what we're going to call it here um so yeah look forward to all of that um again thanks for listening uh i'm gonna go back to bed but i hope you all have a great day bye
Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.